0: The mountains have to break and the mountains have to fall. The giants have to come down. If you believe it, just shout amen. Amen. Come on with your Bibles in your hands. Would you just politely and kindly, but yet loudly and forcefully repeat after me. "This This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can, do what it says I, can do. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I will have, I will have. Now, do y'all believe that? Hey, Amen. A little few, of y'all, few of y'all do. That's good. I'm a part of Deliverance Simple. Of where we love I'm by living our, living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively and we communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God God, feed me this word. Amen. Go ahead and put your hands together if you believe you're going to be fed. Amen. I, I know I do that over and over and over. I don't do it by happenstance. Um, I I would like for people to get it and make it a part of who they are to where you know it. So you should know it. But I keep doing it over and over because if you keep the vision in front of people, it gets down into their spirit and gets into their psyche and it gets into their subconscious. And one thing that's powerful about the subconscious is the subconscious will drive you without you even knowing it. And, and I mean, I don't mean physically drive, but actually that works too. Because many of you have driven home and forgot what you were doing when you drove home, but somehow you got from point A to point B. That's your subconscious kicking in, you know, like you're driving home. And if anybody can silence that, that would, be, that would be helpful. But as you're driving home, you're not always paying attention. You're just kind of on autopilot. So the things you do in your subconscious mind, they begin to take over. And so I want those things to be in your psyche. And I do it with my kids. I pick with them about it. So sometimes if they're picking with each other and they're not acting right, we'll be like, are you living your vision? Are you living your vision every day? And so if I'm doing, doing something, I'm impatient while I'm driving, Alana will say, are you living your vision, daddy? And I'll say, I'm living my vision every other day. The day, not living my vision. So, so, so we do that, but, but it's purposeful to get it into our psyche because we want to really be doing these things. They are not just by happenstance or by accident. And one other thing I'll say before I actually preach, I was teasing Alana, she's on the basketball team and, and, uh. She's talking about shooting, hitting shots. So her, her grandmother, her May, said, what you going to say when you hit a shot? And I said, I know what you're going to say when you connect on a shot. And she said, what am I going to say, daddy? I said, you're going to say I connected with my creator continually. She just rolled her eyes and looked at me like, like daddy go. <laughs> but I'm just playing with them, but I'm trying to get it into the consciousness of who we are, that what we're really trying to do is at the end of the day, it leads to one major goal. We're trying to communicate Christ's love compassionately. And it's really what we're trying to do. That's the vision of who we are. And as we get into sermon today, you'll understand uh, what I mean by that because I don't want to just talk it. I actually want us to live it. Now, I don't have my bow tie on, but I am taking my time this morning. So just buck your seatbelt and ride with me. Somebody say, ride with me. Ride with All right, would you go ahead and put this first statement up that we used last week Better me in 2023. We talked about this so go ahead and put it on the screen. Better me in 2023. So we talked about that and then we made this declaration last week. The declaration we made was better is coming to me in 2023. Let's do that again. Better Better. is coming to me in 2023. All right. Let's give us a definition of better Uh, again just to because we're going to piggyback off the last week, we're going to give a definition better, of a more excellent or effective type or quality. But more excellent or effective type or quality. Guys in the back, make sure you stay with me and uh, up to speed. So a more excellent or effective type of quality. So we want better to come to us. And when I say uh, better, we, we really are saying better than what we've had since this decade has turned around, since we since we rolled into 2020, 2021, and 2022, we got to get something better in 2023. Because if we go into this pace, I don't care how safe you are, you're going to break down and you're going to be exhausted like we talked about last week. We, it's okay to go through stuff, but nobody wants to go through stuff all the time. We need some better to show up. So we mentioned that. So let's give us some synonyms of better. And this will help us. Superior finer, of higher quality, greater, more suitable, more desirable, more acceptable, a cut above, in a different class. I'm going to say something that sounds a little off, but but because you're human, you're going to understand. When you're broke, you do what you have to do to go along, to get along, and to go along. But when you get more money, some things you just don't skimp out on anymore. Some things you just cannot go the cheap route. And let me say it this way. All of us understand, I really don't, unless I have to, I'm not buying underwear at the dollar store. I'm not getting my bras from the dollar store. I'm not going to get my tidy whities from the dollar store because there are certain things I just have to have better. I can't mess around with certain things. And because you understand there are certain things that are just important. I don't need nothing popping at the wrong time. I can't be out in public and snaps popping. I can't, I can't take none of that. So if I get a little money, I'm going to get the best that I can because I got some stuff I need covered up. I look good in my suit, but if my spanks come off and the rolls pop out, I won't look as good. So I got to have something better. So when you, when you think of that on the simplest terms, when it comes to our spirituality and our life, stop cheaping out on your life. Go for the best that you can possibly afford because what you don't want to happen, you don't want to be exposed at the wrong time. And there are a lot of saints that you thought they was good, 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 awesome Christians till they got exposed. And here's the thing. When people get exposed, God is not a a God who wants to expose people. When people get exposed, he's been trying to correct them a long, long time. They just wouldn't listen. And finally, he had to pull the cover back, and they were exposed. And so when it comes to life, we want better but when it comes to our spirituality, we want better, not just in front of people, but behind the scenes. Now, I'll use this uh, example again. None of us see our underwear. We're not supposed to. We don't see our underwear. So just because you don't see it doesn't mean I don't want it to be top notch, top level because I can't afford for it to mess up at the wrong time. You guys get the understanding. So having said all that, when we preached last week, and we were talking about better, we were talking about life being better, circumstances being better. But today we're going to switch to something that's even a little bit more important because if better comes to you and you're not this, it's a waste of time. So this is today's title. It's simply this, Better Christians. Somebody say that with me. Say better Christians. Christians. So it does God no good to give me a better car, a better house, a better relationship, better health, better money, better mental status, better all this other, and I'm not a better Christian. So we don't want God to just be blessing us and bring us things, and at the core of who we are, like underwear, at the core of who we are, we all kinds of crazy. No, we we want to be better even in the hidden things. At the end of the day, am I the type of person who will smile in your face but stab you in your back and still call myself a bishop? I'm a Christian. But at the end of the day, I will dog you out. I will run you down. So, yes, we want better. We believe God's going to bring better. But we got to make sure that we are better Christians that at the end of the day, it's, it's a saying, and sometimes it's attributed to Mahatma Gandhi. Some people are not for sure if he said it, but it was someone who said it, and they said it this way. They said, I don't have any trouble with Christ. I, I've got no problem with Jesus Christ. It's the Christians I don't like. It's the people following him. I don't have any trouble with his teachings because they were asking, if it was Mahatma Gandhi, they were asking him, why would you switch Why wouldn't you switch from your religion over to the religion of Christianity I don't have any trouble with Christ. It's the folk following him that I have an issue with. Christ's teachings are up here, but if we're living down here, then we are doing a disservice to Christ. And so we got to make sure at the end of the day, we are better Christians. Some simple things. If God blesses you to be able to eat where you want to eat, Please don't get so sedity that you treat the waiters and the waitresses bad. They they used to say that the, uh, uh in South Bend there used to be a conference that would come every year through South Bend. One year they were not able to do it, and so the restaurants, people were asking the restaurants who said, I know you're you're mad that this Christian conference isn't gonna be able to come through because y'all gonna uh you're not gonna have as much money as y'all normally have. You're not gonna be able to get what you normally are able to get, and they was like, no, we don't care that the conference is here. They're like, why? They said, because the Christians were the worst people. They, they were the most demanding. They tipped the least amount of money. They were rude to the waiters. They stayed and kept all the tables. So we're glad that the Christians aren't coming to town. That is a horrible witness to have. Now, they was in church having conferences, dancing, shouting, all that, but the world out there said we are better off without y'all. And so, as we pursue better, let's not forget our major goal. We want to reach the world, and we can't reach the world if we are not better Christians. And so, we're going to talk about that today. All right, let's start with Romans 14. We're going to stay in the same chapter And it's it's gonna it's gonna really uh help us. It'll really show you if you are a better Christian. We're gonna be in the New Living Translation mainly, but I've got two verses in the English two verses in the English Standard Version, and the first one is gonna be in this first verse. So we're gonna start in the New Living Translation. Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is wrong. Let's put it in the English Standard Version, same verse. As for the one who is weak in faith, Welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. Now, I don't want to say it the way the world says it. The world says it a way and some of you guys will understand it. I'll just say it a more cleaned up version. But they say opinions are like behinds. Everybody has one. Everybody has an opinion. But if you're going to be a better Christian, you cannot be married to your opinion so much so that people can't be around you because you are so opinionated and that your opinion is God to you that no one else can breathe because of your opinion. All right, let's put up point number one, and this will help us. The first thing, we have to stop letting our opinions hinder our godliness. Let me, let me, let me bring it real down to something very, very simple. Based on the scripture that you read, you have an opinion that gay people are, are living in sin. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be showed your love. If you're to the place where you are just dogging people out because of your opinion, you are not a good Christian. You need to get your act together. Your opinion is not that great. I understand what you've seen in the scripture, but what we are trying to work on is communicating Christ's love compassionately. Stop bullying people with your opinions and calling yourself a Christian. Some folk need to get off of Facebook with their opinions because you're not doing God any good with running your mouth and typing your fingers. Sometimes you just need to shut up because your opinions are actually hindering the love of God. It's not that your opinion is wrong. It's not that you can't have your opinion, but how you handle somebody else shows whether you are mature Or whether you are immature. A perfect example here in our uh, church, we allow women to wear pants. There are other churches where they still don't believe that women should be in pants based on some scripture. I believe that that scripture is taken out of context but however, I will not dog another church and I will not dog another pastor. I will not point at another pastor and say he's a fool because he won't let his women wear pants. I will not do that. My opinion is not so important that I have to break rank and fellowship and relationship. Your opinion is not God. Some of y'all would be easier to get along with if you wasn't so opinionated you get in my car and then you say I wouldn't drive around with a half tank I keep my tank on full but you riding with me when you got in my car you should have left your opinion out there some of y'all are saved but you're so opinionated people can't get along with you sometimes you gotta bite your tongue Everything you think doesn't need to be spoken. All right. Let's, let's, let's keep moving because I got a, I, I got a lot to talk about, but you, you see where we're going. This will help us. It's all in the scripture. Let's go to Romans 14 and two. I'll read this for now. Uh, for instance, so Paul is giving a, for instance, an example. One person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Okay, see if you can pick it up in verse three. Those
1: who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who
0: don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. In other words, what you are doing really has no bearing on what the other person is doing. You got people who who, oh, uh, they'll tell you, man, you need to stop eating that swine. You need, you need to stop eating. It's killing you. Okay, you stay off the swine. Right now I want some bacon and I want some thick sliced bacon. That's what I want. Now, now it's, it's okay to tell me what's good for me, but not to the point where it makes you look down on me. And that's what's wrong with sometimes with the Muslim religion. They are so forceful in what they do. People are like, would you just back off of me? Just because it's your opinion is what works for you doesn't mean you have to make everybody be forced into your box. All right, let's reverse 4. This is a power thing that I hadn't quite caught. I've read this a lot of times. I hadn't quite caught this. But Paul is saying this through God. Who do these people serve? Who is their master? And the truth of the matter is you're not a master to anybody. God is the master. So if God is not bothering them, why are you always bothering them? Some of y'all, you got loved ones, you're trying to get them saved, and you can never, you can't, can't ever tell them what they're doing right. You always have to bring up what they're doing wrong. Who you smell like cigarettes today. Yeah, they smell like cigarettes because they smoke cigarettes. They've been smoking cigarettes for 10 years, so there's no need you bringing up what they already know all the time. It's not that you can't talk about it, but all the time, every time you see them and sometimes the reason why your loved ones aren't saved and another reason why your loved ones don't want to be around you because you always nitpicking. Have you, have you ever told them what they're doing right, what they're doing good? So so what God says is, are you their master? That, yes, they they have a master, but it's not you. So why don't you work with them to become better instead of always condemning them? And the reason why churches are empty today is because there's so many judgmental, condemning, condescending people in the church who think they got it all together. But when you open up their closet, it's full of skeletons. So why are you so hard on everybody else? I'll tell you why. Because if I'm hard on you, it'll keep folks from looking at me. But I'm honest. I'm a mess without God. So I'm not trying to hide nothing. I'm a mess without the Lord. You a mess without the Lord. And we need God to help us all. I don't have time to look down on anybody. Let me tell you this. I'm five, seven and a half, five, eight max. Who can I look down on? I'm too short to look down on somebody. I can't look down on nobody. Only time I want to look down on somebody is to help them up. All right, let's let's bring up point number 2. This will help us be better Christians. People belong to God, not you. Humans make awful masters. That's why slavery was so bad. Humans make awful masters. Stop trying to control everything and control everybody. Let God do the work. Sometimes leave these folk alone. Leave them alone. Where you were in that church... Yesterday. They ain't been in church 17 years. What what do you expect? No, they not in church. How about you be the message? You be the sermon in their life, and maybe they'll want to come to church. But when they do come to church, who she came to church with purple hair and green eyelashes. Who these these kids will come to church looking any kind of way, but they made it through the doors. Can we celebrate what they're doing right? I'm not saying you never correct, but the problem is when you're correcting people you're not in relationship with. Do do this. Go to the playground and just find some random kid and smack them on the bottom and see what happens. Somebody's mama from somewhere gonna come out and you be in some trouble because you don't just jump on people you don't have relationship with. Now, in the old day, you can whoop on anybody's kids, but we're not living in that day now. So don't, th- don't talk about well, this what this used to happen. No, you, can, you, you might get knocked out. Somebody's grandma might knock you out. Leave folk alone. Work on yourself. But but what about people who need to do better? Here's what I've learned. When you work on yourself, you shine, and those people are drawn to you, and then they ask you, how can I be better like you? Then you can talk to them. But stop bothering people all the time. All let right, right, let's, let's put up point number three. This will help us as well. Only weak-minded people feel the need to control other humans. You are mentally weak and mentally soft if you feel like you have to control other people. If you can only be happy when you're putting people in the place and you got things going on. Ooh, let me pause and jump on you women for just a second. The reason why your relationships don't work because you're always trying to control. And once the man gets over how good you look, he's going to realize you try to control everything and he's going to be gone. And you're going to be wondering, why God won't see me, man? Because every time he sends you someone, you try to make them like a puppet and pull your puppet strings. But only weak-minded people control, folk. Not just women, but it's men too. They only want a woman that you can control. The, the the woman has to, uh, she can't be on Facebook, but you can be on Facebook. The woman can't like another man's picture, but you can like another uh, woman's picture. Why, why you are so controlling? And you know what? When domestic violence rears its ugly head the most is when you get with people who are narcissistic and always have to be in control. Run away from folk who got to control everything because they're weak-minded people. and Many times, they are mentally gone, and you don't want to get hooked up with them because, like I said before, humans make the worst masters. You only got one master, which is God. And Now, before I move on, let me jump on pastors and people in leadership. Any man or woman in leadership who wants to control the congregation is a weak leader because leaders lead by example, leaders lead by their words, leaders lead by influence. If I got to make you do it, if I've got to scare you and to get you to love Jesus, I'm a weak leader. If I, if every Sunday I got to tell you, you going to hell, if you don't get right, you going to hell, you going to hell, 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 hell. You get hell, you get hell, you get hell. I'm a preacher who really ain't studied the word. Because I'm trying to scare you into my congregation so you keep giving me ties so I can keep buying suits. I'm a weak leader if I got to use control to get things done. Oh, I wish I could stay there, but I'm not going to stay there. But there's a whole bunch. Just, just, just look back over your life. There's a whole bunch of people you've run into that have tried to always be in control. And when they do that, they are, they are not in control themselves. And if you say, Pastor Andrew, I look back over my life and I can't find anybody in my life who's always trying to be in control because you do the one. You're the one always in, trying to be in control. So you got to learn how to let things go, let God do things. And, and this will help us be what? Better Christians. All right, let's move on. Let's look at verse 5. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another. Oh, Lord. While others think every day is a life, you should each be fully convinced that whichever day you
1: choose is acceptable.
0: So you got some people. Some Christians, by based on what they study, they don't believe in Christmas. Christmas is pagan. You're celebrating a pagan God. And so they'll jump on uh, other people and be like, you can't be Christian if you celebrate Christmas. Because Jesus probably wasn't born on December 25th. You believe in all this, believe in all that. Why don't you leave people alone? If they want to buy gifts and they want to put a tree up, why does that bother you? Why do you got to control what somebody else is doing in their house? And so the scripture says, some people think one day is better than another day. Another person think all days are alike. Then the script, Paul says, you be fully convinced in your own head. Stop trying to control what folk do in their house. Now, of course, we're not talking about crazy stuff. If you are a man and you're beating your wife, I'm going to confront you and I'm going to talk to you about it because that's totally not godly but we're talking about stuff that really doesn't matter even let, let me talk I, I know I got more people in here but let me talk to black folk for just a second now we've we've learned about Juneteenth and and, and how that was important to us so now if a black person wears, wears red white and blue on July 4th, 4th people tell you you just a slave you a slave mind what if I want to put on red white and blue What if I want to shoot off fireworks? Why does that bother you? Leave me alone. Let me do what I want to do. And what you find out is when people are trying to control you, they are weak-minded. And that, as a pastor, listen, as long as y'all ain't just out sinning and going crazy... Look, do what you want to do. Celebrate Turkey Day. Celebrate President's Day. Whatever you want to do. Anything that will put a smile on your face that is godly, I say go after it. Have a blast and don't let somebody tell you you wrong. Tell them leave me alone. Alright, let's, let's look at verse 6. said let's, let's bring it all the way down to the simplest form. Actually both people they just trying to please God. So it's not that big of a deal. So in Paul's day, Paul was a Jew, and he comes out of Jewish laws. But then when Christ died and resurrected, he started preaching grace, and he's preaching grace to the Gentiles. And so the Jews were trying to make the Gentiles go back into Jewish laws, saying you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. And Paul was saying the people who are not eating and not doing it, they're trying to honor the Lord. But the people who are doing it, they're trying to honor the Lord. So the best thing you do is just leave people alone and let them honor the Lord the best way they know how. It's easy to see wicked people. Wicked people are easy to be seen. But we're not talking about wicked people. We're just talking about regular Christians who are trying to do the best they can. And some of them think, man, December 25th is so important to me. I really want to celebrate it and go all out. Another person says, I don't think he was born on that day, so it's not a big deal to me, so I'm not making a big deal out of it. Both of y'all are right. Enjoy yourself. Let the one person enjoy themselves. Let the other person enjoy themselves and just live for God and let God be pleased. It's a possibility God doesn't want you to celebrate it. And it's a possibility God does want them to celebrate it. It's a possibility both of y'all are right. So neither one of y'all need to be arguing with each other and just please the Lord. This is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and what it means is since it's personal there's some stuff that's good for me, it's not good for you. For some of y'all, you ain't got no business getting a tattoo because God don't want you to get a tattoo. But just because you can't wear ink doesn't mean somebody else can't wear ink. So stay in your lane. Whenever people get in accidents, they usually get out of their lane. Stay in your lane. Now, now I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I learned this actually from my parents years ago. Because at a certain time in my dad's ministry, he began to study deeper things and he had more of an aversion against Christmas because of the pagan rituals. So he started uh, fasting around the holidays. But my mother liked the holidays and, and and first there was some back and forth between them but they finally came to agreement that the revelation he had didn't infringe upon the revelation she had. They can coexist in the same house and serve the same God without believing the exact same thing. It's okay. It's okay to agree and not be disagreeable. God shows different things. I, I I I gave this example. God gave me this wisdom one time because I was talking to, especially when I talk to other pastors and, and things, they like me until I say something they don't like. They heard me preach like, man, you annoying, you powerful. I want to I go to coffee with you. And the first two times they go to coffee with me, they love you. But the third time I say something they don't like. Well, I had, I've had i had gay people come to my church. Well, what did you do with it, pastor? I didn't do nothing. I just kept preaching the word. Next thing I know, they don't want to answer my calls no more. But it's okay. It's okay. My church is Deliverance Temple. So folks that come to my church need deliverance. So I can't be like Perfect Temple. I got to pastor what I pastor. So do what you want to do. Let me do what I'm doing. But le- let me let me say this. I'm going to try to do it quick. I don't want to take too much time. But some, some of you have noticed that there's still a little chill in here this morning. And so last week we were dealing with no heat. We got the situation fixed. We had heat for Bible study. And we had heat Friday. I came over here and did a podcast. We had heat Friday. We had heat Saturday. By, by looking at my phone, I can see what the heat is doing. We had heat Saturday. I was finishing up my sermon, and my wife said, you probably should look and see what the heat is doing before I get up and get dressed. So I think she was just joking, but I was like, yeah, let me do that. I looked, and the heat was off. We figured out what was going on. The staff uh, came together and tried to warm the building up. And so the guy who who fixed it the last time came back in. He showed me what the new problem was and how we can fix it again. And he was like, I, he's like, I don't see this kind of stuff happen like this. He said last week it went out on Sunday morning. He said this week it went out on Sunday morning. I didn't say a word. He said, pastor, you must have a good word because the devil don't want you to say what you're saying So you must be doing something right because the devil keeps bothering you. I didn't say it. He figured it out on his own. And so while other pastors may not think I'm right, guess who knows I'm right? The devil, because he keeps trying to bother me because we're going to have some deliverance up in our temples. I said all that to say this. When, When I was sometimes being hit by other people not quite liking the way I did things. I was talking to God and God gave me a beautiful example. He said to me, he said, if you would go to the west side of the Grand Canyon and see one thing and another person goes on the north side of the Grand Canyon and see another thing and then I say it looks like this and they say it looks like that We would both be right, but we would be looking at it from different angles. Because the Grand Canyon is so big, not one person can see it all from their vantage point. And God told me, I'm so big and so huge, it's possible that several people are right. It's just that they're all looking at it from different angles. And so you see God one way. The God you see, you cannot go out and have a martini every now and then. You cannot listen to R&B music. You, you cannot be around where they're smoking weed. The God that you see, that's what you see and that works for you, so do it. Don't do what somebody else is doing. Do what you see. But it's possible somebody is seeing God from another vantage point and God is working for them in a different way. So don't argue. Embrace everybody because that's what better Christians do. Now once again, we, we, we know if people are way, way off because the Bible gives us, gives, gives us things, but we're talking about the gray areas. There's some black and white, but we're talking about the gray areas. People have split churches over the gray areas. So let's look at verse 12. Romans 14, 12 says what? Yes, each of us will give a personal account to
1: God.
0: You mean when I get to heaven, even though I'm a pastor, God ain't going to ask me nothing about will? When God says to me, uh, I don't like the way you did this. Well, Will did it too. God I ain't worried about that because it's a personal relationship. I, I ain't got nothing to do with what, what Will's doing. Now, as a leader, I have something, but we're talking about the gray areas, the little stuff. It, it, it ain't got nothing to do with me. And God's not going to ask me about them. God's going to ask me about me told you this uh several times years ago I was having trouble with my wife which I thought so I went to God about my wife just like Adam did this woman you gave me and God said you the problem Amen. and I prayed again because I didn't think I was hearing it right I prayed again but he showed me how I was the issue but I didn't want to talk about me I wanted to talk about her but God says I'm not in it to talk about her I'm in it to talk about you, Let me tell you like Bishop Michael Jackson said, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. And so the issue is with you, it's a personal thing. You're going to give account before God. And guess what? You may not be a good Christian and you may have pastor fool, but it's not going to do you any good because pastor can't put you in heaven or hell. You have to answer to God. So having said that, that brings us to point number four, very simple, powerful point, worry about yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, worry about yourself. I like this. This reminds me of a video i seen several years ago, uh, even way before uh, TikTok. It was a, uh, a father who was in the uh, front seat of the car and his daughter was in the back seat trying to buckle herself in. And so the dad looks in the back seat and she's having trouble buckling herself. And he says, baby, do you got it? She's like, yeah, I got it. And he, and he said, uh, baby, what do you want me to do? And she said, worry about yourself. <laughs> Ooh, that tickled me because she was just innocent. But she was like, I got this. You worry about yourself. Now, eventually, if the dad was going to drive, he was going to have to do that. You can't keep looking back and trying to be going forward. And part of your problem is you're looking back, worried about folk. When God wants you to be going forward, worry about yourself. Ooh, these folk in churches, they ain't saved today, but are you saved? These folk in churches, they're going to hell, but are you going to hell? Worry about yourself. That'll make you a better Christian. And once God gets done dealing with you, you don't have a whole lot of time. My dad said this before, and I like stealing it. It takes me the first six months of the year to work on me. It takes me the next six months to leave everybody else alone. So that gives me 12 months to worry about myself. Will you have influence over other people? Yes. But if you do right, people will come flocking to you. They'll they'll want to know what needs to be done. What sense does it look like if I have a 350 credit score, me going to Bill Gates and telling him you need to get your money in order? And that's what some of y'all doing you so jacked up trying to give advice to everybody else you like the car mechanic that can fix everybody else's stuff but your stuff broken down you like the hairdresser that can put weave in everybody else's hair but your hair is nappy worry about amen that'll help you be a better Christian Romans 14, 13 so let's stop condemning each other let's stop what? Decide instead to live in such a way that okay. you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. So now we're going we're to twist it a little We're going to take another turn. So stop worrying about everybody else, but worry about how you're living. And as you grow the way you're living, it just changes things. In other words, lead your own self. Help your own self. And as you do that, it makes a difference. The best sermon people will ever hear is the life that you live. So if you keep living the right life, it'll make a difference. So let's recap. Let's put this up. So this uh, recap everything we've talked about. Now I'm going to try to move a little quicker. Better Christians. A, better Christians don't condemn others with their opinions. Better Christians B, they worry about themselves. Better Christians C, which... We just read and I'll explain it further. They try not to make others stumble. All right. So this is just a little bit of a turn. We are worrying about ourselves and we're not condemning others, but by the same token, by the same token, we're not trying to make others stumble either. And before we read, there's a scripture that says, I don't want to use my freedom as an occasion to the flesh. I don't want to take the things that I understand and put it in a place where it makes people stumble. Here's a perfect example before we move on. So this is a church where you don't have to uh, wear long dresses. We believe you can wear skirts and you're okay. But that doesn't mean you need to, I mean, you can wear pants and you're, you're okay. That doesn't mean you need to wear the tightest pants you can find. Because you're still coming to church with males who are hindered by their vision. And so if you have a certain shape, dress your shape before you come in the house of God. Not because it won't make you save; you don't want nobody else to stumble. Let me bring it all the way down. You got too much junk in your trunk to be coming here in yoga pants. Yes, you're free to do it. It won't cost you heaven, but God blessed you too much to be walking in here looking like that because it might make somebody else stumble. And if you don't understand that, you're not a better Christian. So there's certain things that we, we have to do. And it's not for us. It's not about our salvation. It's we're thinking about our fellow person. I'm, I'm going to read some more. And then I'm going to give you a personal example. Because i told you before, and I think we do, we do well about this. It's very interesting. Since we don't have a dress code, it's very interesting. We don't have to deal with dress that often. Because all we have to do is when people come in and they look how everybody else is dressed, not everybody wears a suit. Now, everybody's dressed up, but everybody has a way to being appropriate, and we've learned that we don't have to beat people at the door and check their skirts and check their cleavage and, and check the men. Or, do y'all got shirts too tight? Are you showing off your muscles? We don't have to do anything, any of that. Why? Because the standard is set by everybody else. We just keep holding the standard. But let's, let's give us some more revelation. Let's look at Romans 14, 14. Paul's saying the same thing. Somebody may see it a certain way. I may see it another way. But for them, it's wrong. For me, it's not wrong. So let's see what he says after that. Let's look at verse 15. And
1: if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin
0: someone for whom Christ died. Oh, being a better Christian means... It may be okay for me, but if I know it's going to cause them trouble, I'm not going to force myself on them because it's going to hurt them. So I would not do it because I care more about my brother than I care about my own freedom. Let let, let me throw this on you. So right now in the Midwest, Indiana is one of the few states where marijuana is still illegal. But that may change. It's changed in a lot of places around us. So it may come a time where marijuana is actually legal. But does that mean you should come to church smelling like weed? Even though it's legal? Maybe maybe you could. But that could hurt somebody else's sobriety. Maybe you could handle it. But there's somebody who's been addicted on all kinds of stuff. And if you go to Deliverance Temple... We come from all kind of backgrounds. So you have to be careful doing things that might trigger people to fall back from the, from the deliverance they already have. So you have to be careful. Yes, you may be able to do it. You may not feel like it's wrong. Well, it comes from the earth and God made the earth and God blessed the earth. But let me let you know something. I got too many X's in my church. For y'all to be doing stuff that's going to set the whole church back, so be wise in what you're doing. A better Christian says, "I don't want to hurt anybody else with my own revelation." Let's look at verse 16.
1: Then you will not be criticized
0: for doing something
1: you believe
0: is good. So you won't be criticized for doing something you believe is okay if you learn how to have some, not secrecy, we're not saying you're phony, but if you learn how to have some discretion and wisdom, everything does not need to be on front street. So let me give you a prime example, and, and I've told you this because as your leader, I want to be honest with you, and I, I told you that I started sometime, or probably around 2017, 2018, I started... Uh, more casually drinking alcohol again. I hadn't uh, 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 hadn't been drunk since 1995, and I went all that time not having any alcohol, and then I, I casually drank. Maybe, maybe even before, maybe once or twice, maybe a glass of champagne, that was it. So mainly for 20-something years, I didn't drink anything. But then I felt to do a little more. One of the first times I felt to do is because I was talking to my doctor and I had, had had a little heart issues and they talked about how every now and then a glass of red wine is good for the heart or alcoholic beverage could be good for the heart. But at that point, I had so much deliverance, I was okay. I hadn't been drunk since 1995 and in 2023, I still have not been drunk since because I don't drink to get drunk. I drink every now and then because it's not something I need. It's something I use from time to time. So last week, I was struggling. I had been coughing all weekend long to where it was messing up my sleep, and I really, really, really needed to get some rest when I got home. And so me and my wife and my family, we went to Porta Vallarta, and I told my wife, I'm going to get a margarita. I got the margarita several months ago at the same place, but I got it virgin. This time I told my wife I'm going to get it with some alcohol in it. And so I was sitting on the outside and I knew I was going to order that and I told my son, uh, Dylan, I said switch me. I'm going to sit on the inside. Now I already told my wife what I was going to do and she knew why I was going to do it because I needed to probably lay down and plus I had been dealing with the heat. I was tired. I needed to be able to get some rest. But I also know we were close to the door. And I'm a pastor. And even though I understand it's free for me, it could hinder somebody else coming in and it looks like pastor is drinking alcohol, which I was. But I didn't want it to be out in a way that would hurt someone. So I decided to switch seats and put my alcohol over in the corner. Not that I'm hiding anything. I'm just using wisdom. Now, from that day, which was last Sunday to now, I haven't drank any alcohol because I don't need it. It's not something I need all the time. It's a every now again thing. And for some of y'all, y'all do it too much. And you know you do it too much. And you need to pull back from that. Yes, you're saved. You're not going to hell, but you know you do it too much. So, so I'm not here to, I'm not here to judge you and condemn you. I don't do it too much, but also I have wisdom and I do it every now and then on occasion. And one thing I've learned about me, I don't like to be out of control with me. I don't want to buzz. Some of y'all say, well, I just got to get a good buzz every day. You might be an alcoholic then and you might need to just tell the truth. And get the deliverance you need. So sometimes you have to look at yourself honestly and say, I'm doing this too much. I'm relying on this too much. But then there's other people who are not doing it too much, but it will hurt someone else. If even though I told you openly, I would never go with you and order something. Uh, uh, I believe the first Sunday of the year. Uh, we, me, and my, my wife and my mom, we ate with, uh, Krista and Doug and I was teasing. I said, I want to get me a mimosa, but Krista, since you here, I ain't going to get one. I was just joking because I'm not hiding anything, but at the, but, but at the end of the day, as your leader, there are certain things that you just shouldn't see because I don't want to set you back. Have I cussed? Yes, but you shouldn't hear me cuss because I don't want to set you back. What do I do when I cuss? say, God forgive me boy I need to do better because I'm supposed to be leading you and the point I'm making don't get so free that you just live any kind of way don't get so free that you don't understand there are other people who don't know what you know don't do stupid stuff yes it's okay to get a tattoo but maybe putting I'm that man on your head maybe that ain't the smartest thing to do Maybe you ought to have some wisdom. So better Christians, they're they're not caught up in rules, but they are thinking about other people. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to be a hindrance to anybody. If I'm doing too much, I need to pull it back. There, there, there were times back when we did a lot of hugging before the pandemic. There were certain men that seemed to just to hug the women a little too long. And after I got a couple reports from the same person, I had to talk to him. I couldn't say, oh, well, he's just trying to get a hug. No, he's trying to get more than a hug, and I need to talk to him. Because we're human and we fall, and so we need correction, but we can't. So in other words, we have to have a balance. We can't get so free and we can't get so legalistic. We have to have a balance. And guess what God will do? He will let you know when you're out of balance. Put it down. Put it down. Put it down. The devil talking to me. That ain't the devil. That's God talking to you. Put it down. Put the surah back on the shelf. You do not need it. You done done too much. Walk yourself back. Try to have a little more wisdom. Well, pastor, I don't smoke a blunt. I just eat an edible every now and then. But you done had 20 edibles in the last week. You're doing too much. Pack it up. Why? Because we want to be better Christians. All right. Now, here's here's the point I want to make here. Point number five. Better Christians... Keep the main thing, the main thing. The main word in Christian is the word Christ. So if you're doing so much that people don't see Christ, you're doing too much. If you're so legalistic that people don't see Christ, you're doing too much. Better Christians keep the main thing, the main thing. Let's look at Romans 14, 17. This is powerful. For the kingdom of God
1: is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and
0: peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In uh, the King James, it says righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what, the, that's what Chris, better Christians focus on. They focus on the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, peace. Joy in the Holy Ghost. If I drink so much that I end up uh, locked up, that interrupts my peace, interrupts my joy. So that means I need to make some adjustments in my life. So I need to focus on the things that keep me right, that keep me in joy, that keep me in peace. And so you learn that, okay, this messes with my peace. Hanging with these people messes with my peace. I'm getting away from the main thing. Let me get back to the main thing. Doing this is messing with my joy. Let me get back to the main thing. Sometimes it's not the stuff that we call sin. It's simple stuff. Some of y'all are just shopping too much. You're running the plastic too much. You can't afford it. You're trying to keep up with people who don't like you anyhow. You need to put it down. You don't need it. You don't need to go to the goodwill and find some of the same stuff. Well, I'm too good for the goodwill. Well, you broke. You need to do something. You, you It's messing with your joy. How do you know it's messing with your joy? Because when the bill comes in and when the credit card is maxed, your joy is going to be messed with. So you got to keep the main thing the main thing. And God doesn't want to make us better for us to turn around and blow it being ignorant. Righteous peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Verse eighteen. If you serve Christ, with this attitude, Who are you serving? Christ. Not serving Pastor Hunter. You're serving Christ. All right, read.
1: You will please God, and others will approve of
0: you too. Oh, it's actually simple. If you focus on serving Christ, you're actually going to please God. So, if you're going to be a Christian, you got to serve. Christ, put the camera on me for a second. If you're if you're going to be a Christian, you got to serve Christ. And so if you serve Christ, what will happen? You will please God. If you please God, other people will be pleased. So don't worry about other people. Worry about serving Christ. And so whatever Christ asks of you, do it. Don't ask, well, you didn't make Mother Rankin do that. He ain't talking to Mother Rankin. He's talking to you. I don't have time to go there. A prime example is uh, Jesus, uh, after he had resurrected, he's with his disciples and he's talking to Peter. And Peter said, he tells Peter the type of death he was going to die. He was telling Peter, you're going to die a rough death. If you know anything about Peter, you end up being crucified upside down. While Jesus was talking to Peter, Peter turned around and looked at John and said, what about him? And Jesus said, what I do with him ain't none of your business. It's a paraphrase, but you can look it up for yourself. He said, "Ain't got nothing, to, ain't got nothing to do with you. I'm talking about you. And so all you got to do is serve Christ. Don't worry about what he's doing with somebody else. He's doing with you. There's some stuff that you will never, ever be able to do because Christ don't want you to do it. But the elect lady can do it, but you ain't the elect lady. He's dealing with you. But there's some stuff the elect lady can't do that you can do. Now, now, now I've told you how I've relaxed a little bit on my alcohol. Mother Mitchell, she ain't let no alcohol touch her lips. We've gone places, we've been together, and I've ordered something, and I teased her, said, so get one for me and get one for her. She's like, nope, no, you're not, and, uh-uh. Because for her, she doesn't want none of it. And guess what? It would be a hindrance for her to do it. It doesn't make me different than her. We're birth serving Christ, but Christ says no to her, and Christ says to me, every now and then. He don't tell me all the time, he say every now and then. Every once in a blue moon. And let me say it again. For some of y'all, maybe I'm talking to the wrong folk. Let me say the online folk. Some of y'all need to go do every once in a blue moon. You're doing too much. All right. Enough of that. Point number six. Oh God, I got to get this moving. Better Christians don't spend a lot of time criticizing others, but others spend a lot of time approving them because God is pleased with them. Let me say this. I told you how sometimes pastors don't like me because they say I'm I'm different and and what. But one thing I learned is the streets love me. I don't spend a lot of time in the streets. There's people that they call uh, the the hood people. They tell me that they love me and I don't even know who they are. I'm like, I don't really know you. I, sometimes I try to figure out, how do I know you? They be like, we appreciate you. We we appreciate what you're doing. We appreciate how you preach it. I'm like, hey, I ain't never seen you in my church. How do you know how I'm preaching? Well, one thing I've learned is if you please God, the religious folk may not like you, but the folk we're really trying to reach, they're going to love you. And with my father and me, the, listen, Muncie Streets, they love us some Deliverance Temple and they love some Pastor Mitchell and they love the Apostle Mitchell. And all we've really done is just serve Christ. Now, my father had more time. He would go out and be with them. He'd show up at their places and parties. He'd pray with them. But I've been invited. Somebody was gonna open up a club in Muncie, and they said, before we open up the club, they want me to come and pray at the club. Out of all the people they could pick, they knew that my anointing would be good in the club. I don't care what they was going to be doing in the club. The first thing that ever happened in the club, I opened my mouth and prayed in the club. Because you ain't got to worry about what other people think. When you serve Christ, God is pleased, and the real folk will see, and they will know, and they will love you. Now, some of y'all, y'all stand up for me, but you really don't have to stand up for me. Just let some folks start talking about me, and all you got to do is go out into the streets and find out them folk will fight for me, and I don't even know who they are. Why? Because I'm doing what God wants me to do. All right, point number seven, last point, better Christians, let me see, did I read the verse? No, no, I need to read the verse. I'm sorry, guys. Verse 14, 19. Romans 14, 19.
1: So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. All right.
0: Point number seven. Better Christians' main goal is harmony. So now let's put it all together. Better Christians, A, don't condemn others with their opinions. B, they worry about themselves. C, they try not to make others stumble. D, Focus on harmony in the kingdom. That's what better Christians do. Now we're going to read these last verses. I'll read them so we can close. Romans 14, 20 says this. This is Paul just tying it all together and summarizing it. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. Verse 21 It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. Verse 22, you may believe there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. Verse 23. This is our last verse. We're going to read the New Living and then we're going to switch it to the English Standard Version and then we'll close from there. Here it is. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. Let me say this. Some people have in the past, I don't deal do with this much anymore, but in the past they would call me and ask me, Pastor Andre, is this sin? Is this wrong? If I do this, is this wrong? If you have to ask me, it's probably wrong. Because you we all have an internal something in us. And when we are getting kind of off, that thing in us, it just don't feel right. How do you know when you was out there, it didn't bother you? You, you could do whatever you want and it didn't bother you. But once you start coming to God, something in you is just like, I don't feel right doing that. You ain't got to ask me for you is sin. For the longest time, and I still don't know. I couldn't listen to Jodeci. Nothing wrong with Jodeci, but it took my mind back somewhere. It put me in a place that I didn't need to be as a married man. It put me in the wrong place, so I had to shut it off. You can listen to it all you want. For some of y'all old folk, Barry White just messed you up, <laughs> it, mess you up, cut <laughs> them off. You'll never find and mess you up. You got to know you. Whatever is irritating you, for you it's sin. Let me tell you the way the English standard for, verse is, because it's very close to the way the King James says it, and this will help us be better Christians. The last verse in ESV says this, and he that doubteth is damned if he eat. Because he is not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. If you can't do it in a clear conscience, it's wrong for you. So just let it go. You don't need it. But guess what? Don't make your personal convictions law for everybody else. Stay in your lane. Do your thing. Work on peace, harmony. Let me say it like this way. Work on peace and hair grease. And we all gonna get along and we'll be better Christians. So better is coming to us, but let's look at this so we can be better Christians. So when the better gets to us, we will handle it well. Let us stand to our feet. Amen. Did y'all enjoy that? Amen. Don't clap if you didn't. I don't want you to get in trouble for lying. <laughs> but we're gonna be better Christians. Amen. Let's bow our heads, Dear gracious heavenly father God as you give me this word to give to the people and it's straight from Romans 14 Paul was dealing with the same thing that many of us have different convictions and different walks God but we, we, we've tried different things and see if we're free of different things but God hone us in and what you will want for us. God let us do what is right for us. Let us be the best version of Christians that we can be and we do that by serving you, serving Christ, keeping you the main thing And as we do that, we'll be able to communicate your love to others and we won't be judgmental and condemning others, but we'll be welcoming and people will want to know the Christ that we serve. So, God, I'm asking that you will bless us, touch us, encourage us. God, yes, better is coming to us, but God, let us do the things to become better ourselves. And we thank you for In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God bless you with your better self. We love you.